This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We're your talk. Hello, everyone. My name is Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Through our own lens, which is often ridiculous, sometimes a little salty, maybe a little acidic, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Sweet, yeah. So in today's podcast episode, we are happy, elated, excited to announce that we are going to be doing This is Love After Lockup, Uh you guys. Love After Lockup, Life After Lockup, season four, episode 11, because you know, WeTV or whoever produces this just cannot keep the season separate. Mm-hmm. So we are watching basically the HEA or Happily Ever After of the original or whatever segment show season of Love After Lockup. Yeah, they're as confused with their season numbers and episode numbers as we are with this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. We're excited to talk about Love After Lockup. Now, we both have talked about Love After Lockup previously on our YouTube. Now, Wa has been much more consistent and even a little bit more recent. I haven't actually watched this series in a minute, so it's been interesting to get back into it and see some some familiar faces and then also get to have Wa sort of get me up, up to speed a little bit. Yeah. So let's go on ahead and jump right into the episode. Let's start with our first couple. You know them and you love them. They are returning. They are two Love After Lockup people who had their own segments and then joined forces like Captain Planet Mm -hmm. and are now Dante and Lindsay. She's hot. She's hot AF. She's she's sexy. She's hot and crazy. Yeah, that's how they like them. Mm Mm-hmm. He loves her. I mean, he's interesting because as much as he loved the first lady and I don't, you know, I didn't get to see all of that to watch him talk about Lindsay. I mean, like he is smitten. Yes. He is also mildly obsessed with her because I think once she reached out to him in the DMS after seeing his season while she was in prison, I don't know how that happened, but you know, she made it work. He went back and watched all of her. All of it. Memorized it. Memorized her like, you promised me Disneyland and I come here and it's the county fair. And, you know, let's be real. All of those things that they did give us were pretty good sound bites of somebody who was like came prepared to be on TV. Yeah. And so g- bravo to you, Lindsay. So mm-hmm, Lindsay's mm-hmm. 28, Dante is 34. And, you know, he works in some kind of like construction or whatever. He's a former Marine. Lindsay is a former drug dealer and a mom of a child named Gracie something. And uh, she's not with the baby right now. She Miley got, Grace, I think. You yeah, Miley early. Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. She was picked up by uh, an interesting friend with name Blaine. Mm-hmm. She just finished spending 18 months in jail mm-hmm. because of a felonious, malicious, mischievous. Mis- oh yeah, mischief. Yeah, <laughs> felonious, malicious mischief. I mean, when she said it, Juan, I like had to take our jaws off the floor and realize that we're going to have to like know that phrase for the rest of our lives and play it again. Felonious, mis- wait, felonious. 
have to say it again. Felonious malicious mischief. Honey, that it describes, I mean, half the people I've dated. <laughs> I don't need to tell you about that. That just like hit home when she said it. She also got picked up on other counts. I guess she must have had some kind of drug paraphernalia on her and she also had a gun. You know, she was back in the business. Like the way we see Lindsay in this episode makes me feel like she was a little bit like hot weeds like she was yeah. like what breaking bad she was like what she just had a little empire going yes and she was very careful with not getting on her back so this man who's come and picked her up who is mildly obsessed with her as well mm-hmm. is just like a guy who worked for her and she sold drugs to one of her low-level working bees that mm-hmm. she knew was obsessed with her and would die for her one of her soldiers and she is like a little queen and so this worker bee comes to pick her up and will do whatever she takes and has never like made her feel awkward or like threatened in any way like she knows that like he would never harm her. He's just doing the Lord's work. And also he has, I mean, kept her money safe, Yeah, you know, which that's how you, that was, she trusts the hell out of him. Yeah. She, he, she asks him, Hey, can I stay on your couch? Cause the place I was going to stay fell through. And he's like, uh, no, you can't stay on my couch. You can stay in the other bedroom I have. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Thank you. So then she starts to talk about the last man she was with on the show, Scott, the one with the weird lip. And not Scott and Lizzie Scott, because that was another man with a weird mouth situation. This is another Scott. Mm-hmm. She says she hasn't seen him since she created the felonious malicious mischief mm-hmm. in his house and put <laughs> F.U. in his desk. <laughs> but she says that he has not gotten over her. He's obsessed with her. He sends her a penny a week in commissary. And she's like, it's crazy because it costs him $10 to send that penny. And he's done it. He also writes her ha-ha letters, like laughing at the fact that he got her put back into prison. So she's dealing with that. She calls Deontay using Blaine's phone. And Deontay is like, for whatever reason, wherever he's at, got camera crew on him. So they were waiting, knowing she was going to call. Mm-hmm. Like producers are mm-hmm. are walkie-talking each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and they're setting this up. And so he's on camera when he finds out that she's out of prison. Mm-hmm. He's a little weird that she's with Blaine, but... Oh, it's a guy friend? Oh, wait, who's, who is your mom there? Because he, he, it feels like he knows that his, her mom isn't there. So he like leads it like this. He's like, oh, you're out of prison. Okay, is your mom there? And she's like... Now he's like, oh, your mom doesn't want to pick you up for prison? She's like, no, it's my friend. He's nice. He's like, he's nice. It's a guy. It's a good guy. Boyfriend's a man's a fr- man friend that's there. And then she's like, uh-huh. And he's like, okay, so like, where are you going to go stay? Your mom's house? Are you going to go like, what's the word? Parole, parole, you mm-hmm. know, parole at your mom's house, whatever. She's like, I'm still working it out. And the minute that he hears that, he knows that what she's saying is, no, I'm staying with this dude. Yeah. He wants to give her a chance though. And Lindsay has high hopes for her and Deontay because I guess they feel like they know each other. And she wants Deontay to marry her. And Blaine is not really with that. He doesn't think that that is a necessarily a possibility that is smart on the horizon. But we know that he's obsessed with her. And so I do think that it has a good chance of working out, honestly. You know, we'll see. You know, here's the thing. The wild card in the situation, her. Mm-hmm. Her. Yeah, she admits that she spiraled out very quickly the last time she came out. She was only out for six weeks. So what we saw with her and Scott was her for just six weeks out of prison. Yeah. And she went back in for 18 months. So, No, she said she knows how to live life easier in prison than she does outside. Yeah. 
And that's that's really sad. And so she's going to try to do better because right now she can't see her daughter because her mother is like literally sick of her shit. And the mother is just like, yeah, no, you're not going to disrupt our lives again. Like you came and you did a whirlwind for six weeks and you got Miley Grace all, you know, excited about you. But, you know, you still ain't shit. So don't come around here until you got your shit together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think she thinks that Deontay is going to provide that for her, which I she wouldn't be wrong for thinking that Deontay is relatively stable, even though he put himself in debt fucking with Nicole. Yeah. So the next scene that we have is she's trying to get a job and somehow Blaine has set something up for her to have an interview. But as they pull up, and this is always the case with folks that have calamity in their lives. Like I am mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has a relatively, I'm going to say almost a hundred percent drama free life. Like maybe I have a, like a 95% drama free life. You know what I'm saying? But there are people like Lindsay who always have drama about, like they, they, the moment this person gets out of prison, she's about to go for a job interview. And then she finds out that another worker bee who has a really bad drug problem, who she's known since diapers, just got picked up. She has the money to get him out all in, in Benjamins. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Benjamins, she has the money to get him out, but they need somebody who hasn't had a run in with the law to go and post bail. Yeah, like it's it's the situation where, yeah, I think people, there's a lot of things to be said about that. Now, as is happening, any rational person who had just come out of prison would be like, okay, well, here's the thing. Someone else is going to have to deal with that at this time because I am just out of prison. I mean, just blink, blink out. And I'm about to go on a job interview. And so I'm going to go on the job interview. I'm going to, and you know what? And after that said and done, I can focus then my attention on this person, this person's drama. This is self-care, and this is what is required for someone to advance themselves. But when you are somewhat of a little bit Tasmanian devil in your own, you know, necessary ego and what has to happen, she decides that only she can really solve this situation with this grown person who has gotten themselves in a situation because of his own choices, just like she has, and she served her time. She's like, it only could be me, and I have to be the one that fixes it. So she starts calling every one honey and guess what no one has the space and capability to deliver money to the police people right now because every one of the her associates everyone has issues including her she has warrants out for her arrest so as rational people I want there to be some advice to give to her in the moment to be like, oh, girl, like that's how you go to prison. Yeah, deal with it. If you want, if you want to get back in prison, like this is the exact shit that you deal with. If you want to not go in prison, you go get yourself a job right now and let other people deal. So, but you know, we see someone who I think is stuck in some sort of mentality, you know, of like where she can't see past the end of her nose and no one's able to like, you know, tell her what's up. I think Blaine is trying to because he's like, you can't do this right now. Like you have other things. And she's like, I would do it for you. I can't leave somebody who is whatever uh, stranded, who's an an addict. I can't let him go. And we're just like, no, we're not telling you to let him go. We're saying just give it like an hour and a half. Yeah. Also, maybe he could just like spend some time like sobering up in prison. It didn't you. I mean, like, you know, like I get it. Like it's not good for addicts, but sometimes there's also a place where people can also just like sober up. Yeah, I mean, but this is what, that's where she's at. And she's like, I need to help the homie. And there are a lot of people who have that mentality. I know. They, this is their world. This is the sphere. And this is how they've survived. And this is what they do. And she probably doesn't also want to be on camera caught, like not going to the homie's help. 
uh, for help for the homie immediately. But I mean, she could have just pretended and maybe still gone in there. But, you know, we don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. She was wanting to have a job lined up by the time Deontay got there because Deontay's coming tomorrow. He is he's figuring out his work situation so he could drive to Mississippi ASAPers. And yeah, so anything else about that? No, let's move on. Okay. The next couple that we have slated are Taylor and Chance. I'm gonna tell you right now, don't know much about them besides the fact that he seems to be somebody who wants to change the narrative of someone who comes out of prison. And so he has moved in with this woman named Taylor who has two kids, maybe three. Maybe three. And um, a sister, a a fraternal twin sister named Bobby. And I didn't watch last season, but I did see a little snippet to know that Chance does not like Bobby and Bobby does not like Chance. And Taylor is in the middle. But I think Bobby might have some kind of problem. I'm not sure if she's an addict or if she's just like eternally irresponsible, but he feels like she's not somebody who needs to be in the house around the kids. And they, he did some disrespectful stuff last season to her and Bobby doesn't trust him. Yeah. So the way that they even met, which I thought was interesting, is that he called looking for his like friend and then like, you know, the friend wasn't there and she like answered and they just like started talking and like boobity boops and bloppity blops. It's like how fast it happens, honey. But yeah, like he looks a lot better out of prison, you know, and some people do, some people don't. He still looks very tired. That looks a very tired man. Um, He has those bags underneath their eyes, honey. But you know, he also looks and uh, he also kind of looks hot at the same time. She's like, maybe this is the second chance I have of love. You know what I'm saying? And we understand that life. People are just really lonely and just want to like cling on. And he presents as like some sort of like father figure for like her children. And so we want the best for them, you know, because this man's already in that life and we don't know what those people have seen. So I'm here's hoping. But in this situation, he knows that he stepped out of line with talking to Bobby and he has to like make that up. And obviously Bobby is like not trustful of him or whatever. And we have a situation where last at the end of last season, it looks like he proposed to her and she said yes to the proposal. And she has to now tell her sister about it. So after he disrespected the sister, he proposed to Taylor. And so she goes into her room and she's like, hey, um, how are you, sister of, of mine? Uh, I just wanted to like come in here and let you know that like he proposed and I'm so excited. And the sister's like, mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, you know, because when Jake, who was her baby, the father of her child, died, I really felt like bereft. And then they showed like a little obituary. So I guess what happened is after she had her last child or his last child, I'm not sure how many kids she has, she he died in a car accident and he was 23 and i think it said she was like the same age i think i think i got like there's like it's been a gap where she has felt completely alone and derailed because she had a partner and then she did not have a partner and that, and that could be very traumatic and she feels like chance like chris said is her last chance at love and so he proposed she thought it was a fairy tale situation and very cute she shows her sister this ring and i was like she's like oh no no no! he did it the perfect way anyone would want he gave all my kids one sign to hold up it was ideal and the sister's like if you say so it's not the way i honey i would want it let me see that ring it's cute yeah and so twins are so interesting you know it's like to think about, like, I don't have a sister or whatever. I so definitely don't have a twin or whatever, but like, I'm close to some peeps in my life, you know, like that one, Monique, whatever, God bless. And it's like to come in and to be like, to if I just got proposed to and had to tell you about it and like, 
that was your reaction and everything, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, her Bobby couldn't muster a little bit of kindness or happiness, but here's the truth. I'm the same way too. Like if I really am just like not with whatever your decision is, I cannot be happy for you. I know. Because I feel like I am abating, I am like, abating the the issue so what i'll do is i'll just recuse myself from the situation i'm like if you want to marry that person that's fine but i can't support it because but then that's you know that's Mahela and jabri i I just don't want to be that person but sometimes i feel like i'm in i'm encouraging the nonsense if i if i engage in that so (laughs) i get that i get that yeah i wonder what i i kind of i kind of wish that at that moment the sister had then described what her perfect proposal would have been she's like screw your kids being a part of it oh honey where was the flowers where was the champagne with the little ring inside the champagne glass honey you know where was the like puppy running in with like the you know collar and the rings around the collar you know like i don't know what that sister wanted honey but it definitely wasn't cardboard signs being held up by your own offspring yeah it wasn't that having them do all the dirty work and she's oddly taylor very comfortable with her girls being around chance oh she leaves a lot the girls with with chance and it feels irresponsible because he could be a we predator know. we don't know and you know it's just one thing as a woman you need to look out for your kids we've all seen that movie starring the judd girl and natalie portman we've seen that movie where the heart is we've seen where the heart is predators line around every corner yeah um, i've seen it so many times i almost like can say it line for line and all the scenes that are so very, very vibrant in my memory. <laughs> so basically, you know, the sister isn't happy with the proposal, isn't happy with him. And so uh, how do we make her even happier? So basically, she then gets to have another fun scene where Chance comes in and is like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I have the best idea. No, no, you're going to love it. No, 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 you bait. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm so excited. I can't like you you i can't believe i'm even in the room right now like you are literally lasing lasering your hate towards me and i have the audacity to move into your sister's house and after i just got out of prison be mean to you and now i'm gonna tell you this i want to build your your you a room and i'm gonna turn the garage into your room because i think the girls need to have separate bedrooms and so you, but you're going to love it. It's going to be great. And she's like, um, I'm not moving into the garage. He's like, no, no, I'm going to build you a room. Don't, don't take my word for it. I know I lost your trust. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build it and you would come, you will go, you will go there and you'll see how awesome it is. And if you don't like it, then I'll just move Taylor in there. <laughs> and I thought he was going to say, if you don't like it, I'll move the girl in there. I thought could, so too. But no, he's like, no, no, no. If you don't like it, then you... Then Taylor will deal with it. Then Taylor will have to manage this because you don't need to be in this house. Like if you're going to yes. be doing what you're doing, which is we don't know what she's doing, you need to be out in the garage where there's no insulation and possibly roaches. Yeah, so many things. I wonder what she's doing in that house. And I want to, and I wonder, like, this is definitely a way for him, for him to have this idea, for him to force it means a lot of things. A, I wonder if Taylor, like, wants this to happen too. How much of this idea was Taylor's? Because it feels like he's pushing the boat. And if, in, they, in one of their little, like, weird aside conf- confessionals that happened, she's kind of like, and I don't know if this was, like, in one of the trailers, she was like, some people think that Chance is, like, really controlling. But no, he's not. Like, I totally voice my opinions, just not in front of people. Like, I do it behind closed doors. So it's like, was there a conversation where they're like, we really want that that sister gone, but we don't know how to do it. <laughs> this is the way to do it. Or is he manipulating everything to get the sister up by being like, you know what, babe, your girls, your two girls, since this is your house, they need a little more space. So for the 
growth and development of your girls, we need to get them their own bedrooms. Oh, look, your dumbass sister's in one of them. <laughs> so we'll move her into the garage and like present that to the sister. And his idea, of, I wonder what his idea of making it good is because it's like he, he would it almost feels like it behooves him to make it as shitty as possible so that she realizes she has to move out. I mean, if he puts a bathroom in there and he like ins puts like ins in some insulation and like does, it makes it look nice. And I can see that happening. I honestly, I have a feeling that she has some kind of addiction. And I think that's why he doesn't want her like in the house, but Taylor wants her in the house because Taylor wants her, her, her twin to know that even though she's found love, that she still cares about her. There's something where Taylor is feeling like, I don't want Bobby to be stressed out. Yeah. Because there's twins, you yeah. know, they have, you know, and so, and they live together and it would very much feel like, I'm sorry, I'm really kicking you out because I want to like marry this guy who's got a prison. Yeah. Like I, I can't imagine that they can put a bathroom in a garage only in, but I can't imagine it just takes a lot of codes to do that. Oh, you, you don't know? do it legally. Oh yeah, Touché. people. people Touché. Yeah, 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 yeah. People build things all the time, and none of it's legal. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really all we have to say about them. More to unfold. We can move on to the next couple, which is Kevin and Tiffany. And you guys, mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. so happy to be able to tell Chris about this. Couple. <laughs> I. Oh my God! Obviously, her telling me about this couple like was like a you know beautifully long narrative story that was coupled with raw footage honey and i mean to watch wow watch the footage the glee and the joy that it was of kevin taking down tiffany's dude that came know. curtis yeah i can't remember that person's name curtis the, it, the taller somehow weaker version of him yeah i mean it's because i didn't watch that season and then i heard about basically the sucker not the sucker punch it was a very it wasn't a sucker punch. It was like in your face punch. The like punch hurt around the world. With a he preceded the punch of being like, I'm about to punch you. Yeah. He, <laughs> what did he call him? He called him pussy ass something. And he's just I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pussy. You're know. a pussy ass. Like he basically, Curtis was like, I got the girl. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. You ain't nothing but a loser. Whoop de whoop whoop whoop. And Kevin is like, all right, with your little hoe ass man, you both hoes. Like he was just like, okay, we're walking away with it. And, but Curtis had to get out of his car and get in his face. And then he said, you a pussy ass dude, get out of my face. I'm gonna knock you out. And then what's his face? Curtis was like, do it. And so Kevin did. Kevin literally one punch knocked him out. Yeah. Dude saw stars like a cartoon character and face planted into the asphalt. Then Kevin did a little bit of a walk back and forth and was like, put a cigarette in his mouth and got in his car and was like, move him. I have to go. <laughs> so literally there's like a some security police EMT person there, okay? <laughs> who is like lifting up only the top shoulder part of this man who's knocked unconscious, barely taking his head out of the trajectory of like, Kevin's Kevin, car. Kevin's Audi just trying to like back immediately up. back out and get the hell out. He, he was like, she, he kept looking out of his window to see whether or not he could clear Curtis's head. Head. And then a producer was like, Kevin, stop. And he was like, no, then you move, move him. him. Then move him. Move him. I'm leaving. <laughs> so guess what? 
If this isn't, if you want, if you don't want a bloodbath of like a head pop, then move Luke this him. person's head. Yeah. So I couldn't believe it. Listen, I, I could. So that was, I just, you know, that moment, me watching it is now only now we can begin to talk about this episode and what happens because you have to know all that. And I had to know all that. And that's amazing. Yeah. Tiffany has, it's been two months since that incident. And <laughs> Tiffany, as we remember in last, or as I saw in last season is that she actually ended up having Kevin come back and pick her up once the, she got out of the way of Curtis and all that. So she started something with Kevin, but knew Kevin was like a ladies man. And she really is trying to not have all the drama now that she's out of prison, she wants to get her life together. She's going the road of Chance and Amber and Brittany, where she's like, I'm not trying to get back into any kind of nonsense. You know, she's not she's not being a Lindsay. She's being a, a Tiffany. So Tiffany <laughs> now has a job. She has a roommate. So Works she, at a Mexican restaurant, makes a lot of cash, honey. Yeah. You know, didn't move in, didn't move in with him. Like she and he has a full-on house, like a full, like at least two to three bedroom home. And so she is there, but they're still dating and she doesn't trust him. Also, he don't trust her. There are two people who like each other, but they don't trust each other to do to deal with monogamy. So the scene we have is him picking her up from her home and grabbing that bootay. He sees her, he hugs her and he grabs it. And I'm just like, this is not what we all want. <sighs> no, yeah, especially you. Especially me, yeah. <laughs> and um, so they go out and they have to have a conversation because he, she feels like the way of quelling his cheating ways or his ladies' man's way ways are to get him a, a woman that she has chosen. So she wants to find a third in their relationship so that if he is going to be with another woman, it's a woman that she's being with and they're, they're both being with. And they both can get together and somewhat keep four eyes on this wandering man. That's <laughs> yeah. like kind of like, they're, yeah. Yeah. So they go out and they have a segment where they've decided to pick up, look, look at a stranger and say, Hey, stranger, like sign this NDA. We're going to show you because these two just spoke about you. Yeah, that was an interesting moment. They were like, they were like looking at this restaurant. He's like, oh, I see some women here that could be like good ideas or whatever. Like, and they're like, who? Like, look at this lady over here. And then like, she's tatted. Like, that's your type. And then like, yeah, Tiffany looks over there. And then we sh we have an immediate shot in that woman's face. We're like, how did those producers like say that? Like, hi, ma'am. Thank you so much for like coming to this restaurant this day. We are actually shooting something called Love After Love Lockup. Actually, this is Life After Lockup. And see that couple over there we've been filming? They are looking for a woman and they reference how attractive you are. Now, can we just get you to sign off on this release so we can show your beautiful face? And the woman was like, yes, they do it. Now, just a little side note is, yes, so he doesn't trust her because, like, she had that other guy pick her up, you know, and she likes girls, and, you didn't, like, she doesn't know, like, where she's coming at. He doesn't trust her. But she doesn't trust him because he's, again, a, a playboy, and there's this other person named Kayla, honey, that, like, and Kayla exists, you know? I think that we probably heard of Kayla before. We've, I, seen, we've been seeing Kayla, I think. It felt, uh, yeah. we've, like, it felt like Kayla was here last season, but neither Wa and I can confirm that, but that's what it feels like. And it's his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. So they're not actively together. And Kayla, you know, uh, so they do a Tinder profile that night trying to, once they get home, mm -hmm. they do a Tinder profile and they're looking for a third. And Kayla is on Tinder, child. So the next morning they wake up to just a myriad of text messages. And she's like, are you going to look at that? And he's like, no, it's just a friend wanting to go to the out. gym. Yeah. Which I'm just like, as we see with your arms, sir, 
Are you in the gym? The smallest, skinniest arms. They're tiny. They're yeah, tiny. Like, you know, like, is he is he only running in the gym, honey? Like, you know, like, pick up a weight. But I could run. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that, you know, I could do a little more cardio. I should also pick up weights. Here's the thing. Weightlifting also is good for cardio, too. But I, I this man could, this man could just stand to not do any cardio and just, like, you know, full body lifting weights. Okay. He needs to eat some protein and lift weights. So, sure, sure, sure. So, yeah. So, Kayla is now, like, freaking out. And so, this is what leads... Tiffany to understand that no, like while her and Kevin get along and they have great sex and she likes spending time with him, he makes her feel like a, I mean, she, he makes her feel like a woman. He's still out there doing the dirt. Yeah. And so she gets up and makes him some breakfast and burns some toast. Mm -hmm. And he gives her a key to his place because her job is closer. So she can pop in and like freshen up and do whatever at his place whenever. But Chris thinks that's a bad idea. Now, here's the thing. Kayla, he at this point he knows that Kayla knows about the Tinder profile. He's not even sure that she's not going to just immediately come and storm over to his place and like confront him. So in my mind, I'm like, why did he just give her the key to have her stay? And, and then I thought, is it because he's leaving? And so he's like, huh? If he comes, she comes over. Those two women can fight. Just like I had a fight for her, you know, whatever. God bless. So he gets in the car, right? And I mean, he is driving, my love. And immediately he starts to get phone calls and he's kind of like resolved, like, well, I guess, listen, the best place to talk to anyone is in my car. It's just Bluetooth. I don't have to hold the phone up. If I'm going to have to have this conversation, might as well be killing two birds, one stone. Easy peasy. On my ride to work. I can't, I can't definitely call her when I'm at work, you know. So she's like... I saw your Tinder profile. You're on Tinder with that whore. <laughs> and I mean, his reaction, which is all of this is completely true. And we saw it happen. He's on a television show and everything. He's like this, like, what? No, I don't know. <laughs> he says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a Tinder profile. She is literally, and then she proceeds. This is where I know, this is why I know people who have calamity and drama in their life. She continues to entertain him and mm -hmm. continues to say, Tell the truth. I Tell the truth. Why, why do you have to keep lying? And he's like, in his mind, I'm going to keep lying because you keep talking, trying, to talking to me. Like, calm down. I don't have a Tinder profile. She sees it with her very bald eyeballs. Her bald eyeballs. <laughs> you know, like they are bald. You know what I'm saying? She's like, you liar. You're nothing but a liar. And like, I can't believe, why can't you be straight up with me? He, he I don't know what you're talking up. about. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, girl, hang up the phone. Block this man. Yeah, 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 Why yeah. are you even entertaining this? And he's just like, she gonna have to calm down. Like, she don't know for sure that I'm with Taylor. She may have seen a Tinder profile, but it could be fake. Maybe somebody stole it. Like, she don't know, no. She ain't coming and see me in her. Yeah. He isn't, she, and even if and she even, did, if she's not in between my it wasn't legs. Me looking and seeing a penis go into a vagina did she does she know something is going on and the answer is no honey it's just like literally shaggy yeah saw me naked in the shower it, it wasn't, wasn't me. me yeah 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 just like i mean you know when you watch him so blatantly lie to this woman it is disheartening because in that moment you're like well everyone's just lying pieces of trash honey and how does anyone <laughs> has anyone trust anyone because at the same time this man who's i mean you know not, there is no black and white in this world and nothing and there's no justice because like you could say like this man wanted to be with this woman so bad that he like showed up he made sure to show up to her halfway house get get in a fight with someone and then 
at, after she had like basically been like, I'm not going to be with you. Then he fights that man and then she calls him and then he shows up and they're together and he's still going to cheat on her with this other blonde girl. And when the other blonde girl blows it up and he can just be like, you know what? I'm with the one I love. He's lies to the blonde girl too. Like he, I mean, he, it is a disease. It is a sickness. It's like the, it is like his survival mode is telling him he needs as many women as possible for him to text. And if you, and if one is about to be taken away from him, then he'll do whatever it takes to hold on. Well, I mean, he is a ladies man, Chris. And if Tiffany is aware that he's a ladies man, even though he tries to convince her that he isn't, the thing is, is that like, I don't think he wants monogamy. And I just think he doesn't have the nomenclature to be able to describe- I'm sorry, I poop it up? nomenclature the words he doesn't have the understanding oh. the words the, he, he did the verbiage Never, he doesn't oh nomenclature yeah he doesn't have the like under the world view to understand that there are ways to live and so tiffany is trying to get him to be polyamorous with somebody at least that she chooses and he's like acting like he don't want that and that the reason why she might want to be polyamorous is that she could step out on him like no kevin just wants options and i'm not judging him on wanting that i'm judging him on lying and gaslighting. Yeah. But Tiffany is aware. And that's to me why it's okay. It's not like Tiffany is starry-eyed. Tiffany's like, oh, I know something's up. Who the fuck is texting you? But I love the fact that Tiffany doesn't even get upset. She just gets up and makes some breakfast. Because the truth is, is like, okay. Because at any time she could be like, I'm still talking to Curtis. <laughs> you know? and, and she can also be like, that's why I didn't move in with you. Like, I have my own place. Like, I yeah. re game recognizes game. Yeah. Game recognizes game. So I'm not going to be mad at you and fight. Why? When we can just fuck. And you can pretend like you're not seeing other people. I can pretend like I wouldn't step out and see somebody else. Like we could just play this game together. And I here it is. Well, it's adults. a wicked game, honey. Yeah, it's like that song. Uh, I don't know. It's like that song I don't know. Okay. So next couple is Sean and Sarah. Honeys. Oh, oh this is just the absolute worst. No, I don't I like mean. this because this is the worst couple. It is like his mouth why is you know what there are a lot of subtitles for what i think this show could be called yeah. and and there's two subtitles okay there's two subtitles one is the show with men with messed up mouths <laughs> and this also can be and i think in relating to sean and sarah and kevin and tiffany the show of men who refuse to put their phones on silent I mean, you know what the problem, the main problem with Sean is that when he shaves, he does not get the hair that's in between his like lip. His Cupid's bow? Is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. It, he doesn't get in there. Well, what makes, gives it like a weird shadow. He's just unable to truly shave in that area and it just <sighs> looks terrible and it highlights his teeth situation. But anyways, so Sarah and Sean are planning a wedding sarah is five months pregnant as you guys recall from last season she's, she's just... four point two she's four four she's five months pregnant she's four foot two she's 28 and he's 47 those are all the numbers you need okay <laughs> yeah. so she already has a daughter the daughter was basically raised by her mother because sarah had to spend six years in prison for manslaughter uh, unintentional manslaughter and so she wanted to come out of prison and get her life right and remember that when Sean picked her up from prison she got really weird with him and was like cool thank you for picking me up if you could drop me off here on the corner then my mom will come pick me up thank you and so then that happened and then he pursued her he even moved to Ohio for her and meanwhile he had been talking to Destiny still talking to Destiny while he was still talking to her so then she finds out blah 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 blah, blah moved to the, the he proposes and then she tells him she's pregnant 
And so he's like, finally found the one, I guess. Ab Kelly's not the one, the mother of his six children that he's abandoned and left back in Vegas, Vegas while he decided to move to Ohio to be with Sarah. And Sarah is trying to plan this wedding. You know, this is a fairy tale for her. She doesn't think that she could do any better and she's pregnant with his baby and she probably wants to give her daughter a solid home. And she knows that Sean isn't into drugs and, and drinking and anything like that. So it's taking her out of the lifestyle in which she got caught up in. Yeah. Her mother hates Sean and her mother, as we recall, is an interesting looking character. No. <laughs> no. Oh God. <laughs> no. I can't remember what I used to what I used to call her or say, but anyways, she's like, yeah, she's an interesting character who rightfully hates him. And it's right. It's right to hate him because he is a, he is a liar. It's not right, but it's okay. Yes. You can hurt, hate this man all day. He's a liar. He is a gaslighter. He's selfish. He's just a terrible human being, truthfully. And, uh, sh but Sarah knows that. She mm -hmm. calls him out every opportunity she gets. Yeah. I just think she does not believe that she has any options. And it's unfortunate to watch. I think that she thinks that he is dumb, dumb, dummy, dumbs, dumb. And like kind of a beta, maybe a little slow. And she thinks that she can just tell him what to do. You know, like she must feel a certain amount of power that she got this man to marry her when there is such a lovely and tragic figure as a Kelly walking around this earth who has given birth to six of this guy's children. And for, from what I think wanted to marry him and he just never did. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. So basically he didn't tell her about Kelly and his six kids. Like he completely <laughs> lied to her. No. Yeah. And it wasn't until like she had like her first date with him or something where he finally admitted that he had more than just like two kids that it was six and that it never worked with Kelly. And so she was she was on Kelly's side for just a little bit. But then she moved in with him and she was like, listen, you know, I'm going to try to make this work. She feels, I think she started to feel a certain way because Kelly was being disrespectful to her. Kelly would not allow her children to come visit in Ohio mm -hmm. because Kelly didn't meet Sarah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, this is the second inmate. Mm -hmm. And the first inmate was absolutely crazy. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to send my children to be with you and this third roommate who now you're marrying. And when she finds out, Kelly finds out that he's marrying her, she's livid because she's had six of his children. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, so Sarah's just found herself in a series of circumstances and she's, they didn't use condoms. He apparently has a big penis. Let me just tell you why I know this. Because she's little, though. Anything's going to be big to her. Destiny and oh. and her have said that Sean has a big penis. Like, it oh, was like a thing. I'm so mad. Yeah. I don't want to know that. Yeah. And so, anyways, Kelly is blowing them up, him up, on the wedding day. And this is why Chris said, why doesn't the man just put her on silent? Or put his phone on silent? So he's not continuously getting the notifications that Kelly's calling. And so finally, his phone keeps on going off. Everyone's looking at him. They're like, are you going to answer it? And it's not the first time in the episode. Somebody looks at him and is like, are you going to answer your phone? It's ringing? Is he, does, does, does he hear things well? No, he does. He, and she, he's like, Put no, it on vibrate. He's like, no, it's Kelly. It's just, And she's like, well, answer it. Because she's going to keep on calling. And he's like, no, it's our day. And she's like, 
Well, then you need to put her in her place, okay? Yeah. You need to talk to her and tell her that she needs to, I try to be patient with her, but she's getting on my last nerves. I'm marrying you. I have your baby inside of me. There needs to be some respect coming my way, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so he's like, I haven't even told her that you're pregnant. And she's like, what? The I'm five months pregnant and you haven't told your ex-wife that I'm pregnant? And that we're, did we find out that Kelly won't allow the kids to come to the wedding? So the only family member that he has coming to the wedding is his family members, is his oldest son, who is an adult, who's allowed to make choices. And he says he hasn't seen his oldest son in two years. I don't understand what Kelly's doing. So like, if, like, here's what's interesting. And this is also what, like, Sarah's a little bit, like, weirded out about. So Kelly is texting and calling and texting. So, like, what is it about? Is it is there some sort of problem? And is he worried about the problem? And the fact that he's either not worried about whatever it seems to be incredibly important at this time is also shady. He, at one point, and she's like, well, how do you know, like, the kids aren't calling you? It could be the kids. And so she's like, well, then why wouldn't you pick up for your kid? The fact, what? Yeah. I tell you, Sarah knows what's going on. I think she just doesn't think she can get out of it. And so she's just trying to make a better situation out of it. He probably owes Kelly some kind of money and she's probably calling to get the money, but he's spending, as he said, a lot of money on this wedding to appease Sarah. Right. So next scene, right? Yeah. So the next scene is his family actually comes into town and that is his sister his son and his nephew, his sister's son. Mm -hmm. And so they're there. It's awkward. They bring Kelly, uh, Sarah brings in a, like some kind of warm welcoming. I was surprised. Thing, yeah. You know, cause she's, she's trying to make pregnant. it work. Yeah. yeah. She's one of pregnant. She wanted to get married. And then she like brings them like a nice little, like, you know, snack box. Little, yeah. A little gift, you know, basket. Mylar, and you they're know, in whatever. the lobby of the hotel and it's mad awkward. And Sean won't bridge the gap. He won't ask them. He won't ask his sister how she's doing. He won't, he won't do anything he, he won't just talk. sits there and so finally she goes well this is awkward and then the sister goes yeah we didn't even know yeah you were pregnant so that's interesting you know now i'm gonna ask the awkward question and are you guys getting married because you're pregnant and he she's like oh valid question so instead of sarah getting upset and offended as destiny or any other hot-headed person would do sarah says that's a valid question no i actually he proposed to me before i told him that i was pregnant so it's not like you know the kind of shotgun situation wedding and so then the sister says well i mean i literally am shocked because i just never thought you were ever gonna get married and Sean says in front of his eldest child. Who hasn't what? seen, by the way, in a minute, hot minute. He like, he sees his like son. His like son's like, I don't know, I'm going to put a, a number out there, 21. The way he says, oh, you grown up makes me feel like he hasn't seen his son in three years, four years. Yeah. He says what? He says what? When the sister says. Well, I've never met anyone worth marrying. When you find the right yeah. one. He says that in front of his son. Son who is the eldest of six from one woman. Basically, yeah, your mother, even though I had six kids with her and I laid up with her, wasn't the right one for me. Not this good enough is. for me. Yeah, I knew it. And I knew it the whole time. So that's why I didn't marry her. Yeah. I knew it the whole time. Didn't marry her. And so then it's just like, oh, your dad is a piece of shit. You know who wasn't right for me? Your mom, who was like, you know, I don't know if she was ever in prison or not, but you know who is right for me? Two women in a row out of prison. And this one is the second one that like, basically I got with after the first one, Destiny threw me to the curb. In the middle of the de of Destiny. He yeah. was talking to Sarah while he was, while Destiny was out and Sarah was still in. 
It is just like it is. He is absolutely. He is. Yeah, he is. It's the kind of it's the kind of thing that like makes you just like squeeze your legs tight for the rest of your life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. So then the next scene we have is him going to do like they both are getting fitted for their outfits. Yeah, there's like these a lot of back and forth edits that Eleven Lockup does, kind of like a heat, like a Summer Nights things, like to them, to her, you know, a little bit. Yeah. So we see her with her mother trying on the dress, making sure it still fits because she's a little bit bigger now and it does. And her mother gets teary eyed, even though she hates Sean. She gets teary eyed when they put the veil on. And like, I mean, her hair is just a shocking color of red right now. Her mom? No, Sarah's. Hers. Sarah's is her... shocking more than it was last season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we would go with the brother, with okay. Sean. And Sean is with his son. And then the, the he's like, oh, well, how are you feeling? And the son says... Well, this is a shocking wedding. So I'm, you know, I'm just shocked. And Sean's like, don't call it that. I spent a lot of money on this. And he's the son, <laughs> sister, brother, son. The son is like, honestly, I didn't know you were getting married. Yeah. I thought her name was Destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So F you, dad. Yeah, I thought her name was Destiny. And he's like, no, Destiny was the other one who got out of prison and we broke up. And he's the like, son is like, what the fuck, what? Yeah, <laughs> He's like, are you still talking to Destiny? Like, when Destiny gets out, he's like, he's like, you know when Destiny gets out and are you still talking to him? And the dad's like, oh, I don't know, no, but I think it's, I think she's coming out today. Yeah, I know, I know. She could be out now. He knows full well Destiny is out of prison yes. because then he gets a call from Destiny, doesn't answer it. The son's like, are you going to answer your ringing phone? Again, that moment. Uh, again, though, he's like, this man refuses to put his phone on vibrate or silent, nothing. So he is awkwardly trying on his ugly suit with the son he hasn't seen in like three years, telling his son that he just found the one, the one that he should have married the entire time, not this guy's mom. And at the same time is like, wait, Loki, I have a phone call from Destiny. He's he like, give me a put, second. He could literally just put Destiny on silent or mute. He doesn't even have to do his whole phone. So if his argument is, I don't want to miss a call from Sarah, no, just mute Destiny, block her. So he goes outside with mm -hmm. a suit on. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he why, do you, paid for why do you keep calling me? And she's like, well, Sean, you know, I've been out of prison for a couple months now. And I think you owe me to help me get on my feet. And he's like, I don't owe you anything. And she's like, yeah, you do. And he's like, well, stop calling my phone. I don't know why he doesn't tell her I'm getting married because he's that kind of person. He's not just going to tell Destiny. He's miles away from Destiny. Destiny is not going to hop on a plane and figure out where he lives in Ohio. So what's the reason for not telling her the truth? And then we all know that Destiny's crazy. We all know that Destiny truly feels like she can call him and talk to him this way and that he would pay because he has in the past. Yeah. He has been so smitten and thought that Destiny was the hottest little drug addict that he'd ever seen in his life mm -hmm. that he took abuse from her, bought a house in Vegas for her with a pool, gave her money did all this stuff, deed her down, dicked her down, and like all, and then like, <laughs> like lied to her simultaneously. I mean, you know, we all remember what Destiny did to Sean, but we all felt like what Sean was doing to Kelly and them kids was worth him getting, having this situation happen. So that's where we end their segment of him telling her to not call his phone anymore. And the whole entire of America just being like, block her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you get her to stop calling your phone. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Because she's in fucking, I don't know where she's at. She's like somewhere in California, like Modesto or somewhere. Like she's not even in a place where she could just like 
hop on a plane and just be at his house. It is telling that he won't tell her because he literally could just be like, Destiny, I found someone else. I'm getting married. Never talk to me again. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Because he, because he doesn't want to not talk to her again. And I think he also gets off on giving women money. There's something about that. Like a fin dom? Yeah. He's, he gets off on it somehow because he, how do you, how and he would, he would steal from Kelly and his kids to pay, to, to, to give to anybody new. That's why Kelly's calling him. I'm pretty sure he's because he's not paying her, giving her the money because he's paying for this wedding. Oh, I kill him. Oh, two more couples. I'm starving. I know. <laughs> I know it. Okay. Bron- Bronwyn and Chaz. I don't know these people, but let me just tell you, she's done so much porn. She's a lot. She's done a lot of porn in that life, honey. <laughs> she is. She's. A, she's. But you know, God bless. Like you, when I saw that face, honey, I was like, she'll make money. She will. For the rest of her life, she'll make money. Yeah. I'm going to quickly just say and jump in whenever you want to say something, what's going on. So Chaz is in Kentucky. He's not with Bronwyn right now because Bronwyn had to parole to Oregon where she's from. She is three weeks out of prison before, I guess, she graduated from construction school. And uh, she likes and loves nice things, which <laughs> is why doesn't? she was in the sex industry. Yeah. So she got the grad, the construction degree, but she was also on the side popping that pee. You know what I'm saying? Well, she's like, listen, she like knows how to light pipes. Yeah, really. She does. And so, by the way, God bless her. You know what I'm saying. And it's too, it's too it's too bad that she that if she wants to like you know make money that way, if, if she truly wants to, that like you know it wasn't a safe and legal situation for her. But maybe she doesn't want to. I don't know what she wants to do with her life. Go on. Yeah. So she's at her friend's house and she's helping them put up some cabinets, and they are trying to convince her that her choice to marry Chaz was not a smart choice because she doesn't isn't like head over heels, like physically attracted and in love with Chaz. And she tells them, but Chaz is the safer choice because I don't want to go back to prison. And I know if I stay here, I will get caught up in the same nonsense. And I don't want that. I really don't want that. I want to be with somebody who's stable, who loves me, who wants to take care of me. And that person is in Kentucky and I can't go be with him until I'm off parole or until I do whatever. And the friends are like, no, 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 but you could do all that here. And also you want to have spice in your life. And we're just, Chris and I are like, what is wrong with these friends? That's This is how you go to prison. This is literally watching these women or I was just like, this is how and why people say you have to know who to surround yourself with and to surround yourself with, with positive people. Because these women who I'm sure want her, her, which is Bronwyn, to stay in the same place they are. Yep. Are going to want her to keep doing the things that she's always done, which is get back with her drug addicted ex that is um younger and probably physically more i guess attractive than chaz but like literally looks like honey that you know that he's been through the drugs and he'll be through it again yeah he'll be through it again and it's just like it was it was and she held her ground which i was super proud of her doing because three of her friends who look like they've seen you know better Better days days and, and they've definitely seen a long lot of long nights yeah i don't know at the end of bottles they have seen bottle the bottom of bottles after the bottom mm. of bottles and so like she's like you know she knows because she likes nice things that that chas can give it to her without her having to do any yeah. sex work you know maybe she doesn't or wanna, maybe mm-hmm. doesn't want to do it but anyways so we again cut to Chaz, and Chaz is getting ready to play a band, play a game, play a set. Play a, he's playing a concert. Concert, a show. Show, yeah, it's cool. live music, it's a he's, gig. Yeah, he has, he's at a gig. And yeah, a gig's know a good word. And he's a bassist for a metal band, and his uh, bandmates are interesting. Uh, one of them in particular has on vampire eyes. And, oh uh, my God, these <laughs> older, older white men, my loves, that are holding on to whatever crazy, dumb fantasy that rock, it, rock gave them when they were like 30 years younger, that they are 
grappling onto, and this man puts contacts on every night that makes him look like some, I don't know, weird wolf, honey. And but he, he has a machete in his hand while he's like, trying like one to eye is still a little bit lazy, and the contact follows that. You know, like he's you know tell, talk. We're they're talking to Chaz. So yeah, Chaz gets off on being in a band. Like he really is like, I'm a fucking rock star. Like I might be mild mannered, but this is where I really shine. This is like, you know, it's so hot that I'm in this band. And I, he like loves the fact that he's with this like blonde, you know, fake titty lipped woman, you know, that looks like she's, you know, like an eighties rock band groupie. groupie. But she's age appropriate. She's 40. She so is. like he's, I can't remember how he's in his fifties. But she's age appropriate. And he's like, yeah, I finally found someone who's like around my age, who's as hot as she is, who I can yeah. have conversation with. And this is his fifth marriage. Remember, he <laughs> loves love. I think his first wife, maybe one or two of his wives died, which is why he wasn't with them. But then the other ones were very short lived. So he FaceTimes Bronwyn and has her watch him while he is performing. And so she's watching him being the dutiful yeah. wife. And the way that they have edited it, this, the way they've got the cameras positioned, we don't know that she is not alone in that house. She, when at the very last second, they cut to her ex. Yeah. Who has watched this old white man, like, try to be like, we're going to watch this hot ass show, you know? And they've just been on an iPhone in the kitchen, like, probably talking shit. as like, like, all you hear in this iPhone is like, Rah! you know, like, can you imagine what she's like seeing? And, and at the end, like, she's like, great job baby and he's like thank you you know he like puts it down meanwhile she's also said to Cameron that she doesn't want to have sex with him because she doesn't feel the greatest in her body yeah in my mind at the end of the scene I'm like who's about to bang that guy I don't think she is okay I don't know why I just why is he there because they're friends I think I think and also maybe she feels some kind of way because he's an ex-drug addict you know like he looks like he I mean I don't know where he's at in his addiction but like I, I don't know. I just I hope I that she just, gets on OnlyFans. I just what I'm, I'm hoping that this show does her something, and then she can go on OnlyFans, and then just make some safely like safely make money. May safely make money. Yeah. She has a you know she has a look for it, honey, and I'm sure she has the work ethic too. Yeah, she does. All right, so the last couple that we're going to oh, talk about. I mean, these are the old hats. These are like this mm-hmm. the story, and they have trumped. I mean, listen, they they have someone has produced this. Aww. We know that Brittany and Marceline, Too much. like it, it's a lot of production that's going on right now. Yeah. So the, the theme of this season is that Brittany and Marcelino are not doing well and that D- Marcelino might be DMing other people. Yes. And, um, so okay, that's question because, okay. So if you are like me, you might need to ask well, we'll know. And then we'll ask her like, why at the end of what you last saw Brittany and Marcelo, was she a real estate agent? Was he a professional poker player? No, she. I found out that she was a real estate agent from Instagram. Because when she first got her license, she posted it, and I said, "I'm proud of her. That okay. bitch, I love her." He, yes, was a poke, was a professional poker player. The last se- episode I saw was they had a threesome with her friend Amanda, who has been around the entire time. Amanda was the woman from who, season one. Yeah, I thought her name was something different than Amanda. No, it was Amanda. Um, so they, they have a threesome with that girl from season one. Yeah. The one who he, they, he didn't like her and he already, he knew that her Brittany and her yeah. had been together. Yeah. 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 Wait. So he like, so ha- wait, so tell me quickly what happened with that. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so they were not having hardship, but like she was going through a lot because her mother was addicted. Right. So I remember that. Um, that was really sad. Yeah. Her mother was addicted. And then we find out that her mother like tried to low key kill herself oh, with yeah. like, in a in a cabin up in alaska and then so he had been dealing with they and then they were having kids in between and so those kids are cute too it was just a lot of like him supporting her 
being there for her, doing things for her. And then, then one of the seasons they decided to let us believe that he was cheating. And then we found out he wasn't cheating. He was just making money being a poker player. And she was like, I needed to know that. Don't lie to me if you're going to be using, you know, whatever, whatever. So that's how we find that out. And then she gets in a business with like some friends and these are friends who are all ex-convicts, but they're trying to do right. And they get with a guy who seems pretty legit. They like befriend a, a gentleman who has good credit and is, you know, like established in the world. And they all buy a house together. But because Brittany and the and the other convict, ex-convict, don't have the best credit, they just gave him money and told him to buy a house. And the house was supposed to be used as a halfway house. So they, Brittany and her friend wanted to give back to people who were coming out of prison who wouldn't have like a stable place to stay. And they were trying to create a, a company that did that. And so first of that was to buy a house so that they could start to like get equity and like whatever. And so they furnished the homes, uh, the home and the guy who they had by the house moved in and then he changed the locks and, and because their names weren't on anything, like locked them out. And then like, it became like, it was a part of that. But then part of it was that she was like, I feel really stupid. Like, duh, now hindsight, it seems dumb that we just gave this person money, but I trusted my friend and we both got shitted on at the end because we didn't think about it. And she didn't tell Marcelino, this is the story. She didn't tell Marcelino. So Marcelino was like, you gave them how much of our money? And then didn't like whatever. So, they had gone through that. She was feeling silly. She was going through a depression. And then at the end of it, they just kind of got together. They reaffirmed their love for each other. And she says, I want you to have a threesome with me and Amanda. And he's like, all right. <laughs> and they did. And that was the end of the last season I saw with them was them like silhouetted making out and sex noises. Which I guess didn't go well for him. He there, so yeah. When they would pick up, their relationship has somewhat disintegrated. Yeah, uh, and since, he says it's the, because of that. Yeah, he never. Yeah, he didn't seem like he wanted that. You know, like she did. You know, now their marriage seems very forced. Like they, so yeah, they. It's a heavily produced and edited segment it, segment for them, which is basically trying to show us that they've grown apart. She's a working woman now. She has goals. And then Marcelino is left to sort of like take care of the kids in the more domestic role that is making it so that he is like, you know, having hard feelings and, and not feeling wanted or loved. And she's also not feeling wanted or loved and, and whatnot. I didn't get that. I heard, yeah, I didn't get that from okay. To me, what I got is that they were le leading such different lives because she was like basically a stay-at-home mom, but so was he because he just does poker. So it's not like he's like during the day, like pokering. That's a night activity. So it's like they were home together during the day and working, you know, and taking care of the kids and like, you know, they were house parents together. Mm -hmm. And then he would go off at night and do stuff. And so now that she's gotten her, her license, she's now wanting to sell homes and she has a $3 million listing right now that she's working towards. And their, I guess their routine has kind of gotten stale. Are they in Vegas? Yeah. A three, okay, this is a little hard for us to, we see this house. Now they say it's a $3 million house. And then the minute she walks in, she's like, it's three bedroom. And that was hard for me to swallow. You telling me, there's $3 million homes in Vegas. That are three bedrooms, three, three baths. three bedrooms. One million a bedroom in Vegas. Only because we also saw the house and it wasn't on a golf course. Yeah. 
I don't know what it is. Or where it is. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So she's wearing her like realer outfit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. They he's like, okay, Brittany, at four o'clock, we're gonna separate, we're gonna switch off, right? Because I got things to do. And she's like, Yeah, Mars, I gotta go. But think, you know, I'll I'll meet you, whatever. And I guess I, I guess her listing went long. And so he shows up to the place where she's selling this house, calls her outside, and like hops out of the truck he's in, leaves the two kids in the back seat, and then jumps into the Mercedes that she drives. And then like, she's like, you can't just leave me here with these hot kids in a car crying, Marcelina. I'm like in the middle of a sale. So we, you know, make it seem as though like the buyer or her partner is disappointed in her. The same they partner that earlier was of course like, please turn off your phone. We can't have any sort of distractions, especially phone distractions when we have to sell this property. It's really bad. She's like, ah. she makes her turn off her, her phone, which again goes against it goes uh, goes for my subtitle of the show because she's a woman, so she turns off her phone. If you are a man on the show, for some reason, you don't know how to do it. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm sorry. I just want to, I don't mean to cut you off, but basically she was supposed to turn off her phone. So the minute that Marcelino calls her, it's a little awkward because we're like, how do you even know your phone's ringing? But of course she gets it right away and picks up and not only picks up, like goes outside where he just happens to have like brought the two kids in the car seat. You know what yeah. I'm saying? As though she didn't know what time it was or what was going to happen. And then she's like, well, you can't just leave them here. He's like, I got things to do too, Brittany. And he gets in the car and zooms off. And that's how we were like, we knew it was fake because it's just like, if your wife is about to like close on a $75,000 like situation, mm -hmm. you're going to cause her to lose money on that because you got to go play poker. You got things to do too. This is weird. This is a weird choice. And so I'm hoping because I love them that this is all producer driven and they're not really having any issues that they're like loving the fact that they have got this life now from love after lockup and they're the most successful couple. I want to see how many Instagram followers she has. Go ahead. Okay. So there we are, have pretty much covered every couple we have seen thus far on Life After Lockup, which is season four, episode 11, which is confusing for us. And so as we say that, there might be more couples that come in that we haven't seen yet in this episode from previous episodes and seasons yeah so what we've given you is what you can is what happened on that episode i uh, yeah yeah so she has 134k followers and he has 62 hmm. um oh requested no. <gasps> right that. now how do I get out right now how she just she can't wait 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 you can't, oh, wait, how wait, do wait, I, wait how do i i don't want to help 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 do she just out? requested marcelino oh and my god it's requested i don't want to oh. oh thank god all okay, you do is okay here's great to know okay. if you ever do that if you, you know, like here's the truth like yeah, i'm sorry if your shit is where you have to like add me i don't want to be your fucking friend no i'm not i'm not that thirsty i don't care this side note is there is such a proliferation of people on dating websites or dating apps like you'll go on a dating app and i'll see a bunch of dudes be like and they'll give their ig handle if you go to their ig 99 percent of the time it's private yeah and i'm always like what the hell are you doing so i can just what search i'm not oh is it because you you think that people are just going to add you and you're just going to like except a hot girl and i mean i don't even know like truly it's so crazy i hate dating and i hate apps and i hate dating and apps and you know, whatever and god bless yeah other than that thank you so much for listening to this episode we are so excited to follow the next couple of 
episodes of whatever season this is of Love After Lockup or Life After Lockup. If you haven't yet, please consider following DocuSweeties on your various social media accounts, like your TikToks, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, and your Twitters. <laughs> and if you would like to get the unedited visual version of this audio that you guys are curse is doing something really exciting right now if you if you were on patreon you would be able to see it you can join us on patreon at patreon.com slash docusweeties it's ten dollars a month and you get a bunch of content from us you know once we get enough people in there who like join we might go live and just like be spontaneous and like have conversations you know what i'm saying yeah so yeah if you want to get that extra stuff go on ahead and support or you just want to support us go on ahead and do that at patreon.com slash docusweeties and that's it for us on today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, for subscribing, following, for rating us, and for sharing us amongst your family and friends. Yeah. Only the best ones, though, not yes. the ugly ones, yeah. not the mean ones. Yeah. Share us with your family. All right. We're on podcast Apple. We're on uh, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on all the other podcast things. So please, you know, share the love and tell the people about us. You we, love wanna, we love we're you. We're into you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.